Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Kalani from Anytime Fitness out in Lahaina, Maui, Hawaii. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Um, you know, because of the time difference, it's eight in the morning here. So <laughs> just so you guys know, we're just kind of getting warmed up. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us so early in the morning. I really appreciate you starting your day with us and kind of giving back to the fitness industry through this conversation. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on within your business, give us a little bit of background. You know, what was it that kind of led to you going into business, like becoming a business owner of, you know, your Anytime Fitness location? Um, that's a great question. I, um, <laughs> my wife and I both were working uh, a lot of hours, um, I don't know if you guys, listeners, know that the cost of living in Hawaii is tremendous. And most people here work two jobs. Um, some work three jobs uh, to make ends meet and just to be able to rent a place and pay for food and stuff. Um, just because of the tourism industry here, the locals are forced to pay, you know, high prices for all their groceries and, and cost of living. Um, so we just figured with all the hours and integrity we were putting into our own uh, or into other people's businesses, it would make sense for us to put that time and energy into our own business. Um, just if you work for someone else, you're just going to make the same amount of money no matter how long you do it for and how good you get at your job. Right. And so for us, we wanted to um, pour time and energy into our own business and you know eventually we would be making more and more money the better we did at our job um so that led us to interviewing couples that um were their own business owners we didn't know we wanted to own a gym you know we both worked out a little bit but we were, we're not like gym rats um we just kind of had an idea of the kind of lifestyle we wanted and um what values were important to us um such as like doing something positive for our community for one and then also um having flexibility in our schedule to be able to do things that are important to us so like we both worked at restaurants for 10 years plus and hi baby Sorry, my baby just walked in. Um, and so we never got to spend Christmas or Thanksgiving with our families. Um, so we wanted a business that we could do that. And after interviewing a handful of couples, um, my wife spoke with Katie Higuchi. She teaches kids ballet. And, and so does Katie Higuchi. And her, her and her husband own the Anytime Fitness on the other side of the island in Pukalani. And um, so when we spoke to them about, you know, all the things that come with owning that business, it sounded like a perfect match for what we were looking for. 
That's and super cool. Like props to you guys for like interviewing people. Like you knew that you wanted to become business owners and like be your own boss, but you took the time to figure out like what would be the right fit for like the both of you. I feel like not everybody does that. So that's really smart. Thanks. <laughs> so now you're running an anytime fitness obviously you know i don't know if all of our listeners are familiar with the anytime fitness model but give us your best elevator pitch tell us who you are what services that you provide at your location kind of paint a picture of what we're working with here um we're a full service gym um we have all the equipment you need for any type of style of training um we try to focus on personal training um small group training semi-privates and and group training um our bread and butter is we're the cleanest gym you'll ever go into and most friendly um that's about it okay so a little bit of everything, right? You have that open model. You've got some semi-private, some private training and some group training. Um, so that's awesome because really with that, you can help anybody. Um, there are people that like to just come in and do their own thing. And we're always going to have clients who thrive better in a one-on-one -on -one environment or even a group environment. So no matter what they need, <laughs> you have it covered under one roof, um, which for business, that's very smart. How many group classes are you guys teaching a week? um eight okay and then in terms of kind of let's talk about the personal training side of things here how many trainers do you have working for you uh three plus, okay. plus myself i have clients as well um so four i guess okay so with that you know you got four people training clients what percent if you had to guess what percent of your revenue comes from that personal training side of things Oh, I don't have to guess. Um, it's about 8%. Okay. Is that a place where you're feeling pretty comfortable or are you guys looking to increase that and make personal training a bigger part of what you do at your location? Our goal is to get it to 20% um, for like this next year. Okay. So you're at eight now, you want to get to 20. Now, the, my follow-up question is, what are you going to do to make that happen? Um, definitely just promote it, um, build more trust with your members. Uh, I don't know, you probably know, a member won't sign up for personal training till they've been a member for an average of eight months at your gym. Um, so we just build trust with our clients, um, reach out, see if we can help with anybody check in on how their um, fitness goals are coming along mm -hmm. and um, continued support yeah for sure is personal training something that you guys are offering on the front end like when a client first walks in the front door of the facility do you guys try and get them on a personal training package then because like you said traditionally it's like eight months before they want to do PT but do you have anybody that does it from the get-go absolutely we schedule a free fitness consultation for all of our members um, where they meet with a personal trainer for 40 minutes 45 minutes to an hour um, we kind of collect 
their health history. Um, we find out about what their goals are, um, find out about what's held them back in the past. And uh, we try and give them like a little get started plan for the first 30 days of what they could be doing um, to help them reach those goals, whether it be, you know, just maybe changing their diet and staying with their um, fitness routine that they're already on, or maybe stepping it up and beginning a personal training situation. Um, it kind of depends on what their goals are and, and how serious they are, whether we try to just like sell them right away or yeah. just let them kind of start on their own and, um, and just offer support later on. But they always have that coach that they can reach out to um, through the Anytime Fitness app. And then we're always there. So yeah, I really like like the front end, like consultation, evaluation type thing, because with that, we're able to get to know our clients, what their specific goals are. And then we can kind of utilize like prescription based selling to help them like help sell them on their goal. So for example, you come in, you're like, yo, I need to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, okay, so what have you tried? What haven't you tried? What's worked? What hasn't? Okay, let's get you into personal training for like six or eight weeks, see how it goes. And then we'll go from there. Um, I love that because our client, like for a lot of people, they need that, um, that direction or else they'll end up like signing up for a typical gym membership. They, they know that they want to lose 10 pounds, but they don't know how. So they come in, they walk on the treadmill, they do some curls and then they go home. And then like 21 days later, they don't ever come back to the gym because they're just so frustrated because it's not working. Um, yeah. so I really like that you guys do the consultation thing. Like initially I wasn't doing that in my CrossFit facility. Like when we first got started, like for the first couple of months, we weren't doing anything like that. And when we started to make that change and do that, that consultation, like things blossomed <laughs> and our clients like stick, stuck around longer. They, you know, just like everything changed. So props to you for, for really offering that. Um, so right now, what's the square footage of the space? 4,500 square feet. Okay. So I feel like that's a pretty average anytime fitness location, but um, with your 4,500 square feet, how many members do you guys have? uh a little over a thousand okay sweet is that a place where you guys feel pretty confident pretty comfortable or are you in a position where you'd like to grow and take on more members yeah absolutely we'd like to grow um uh anytime fitness uh as a franchise has initiated like a auditing system where we kind of audit ourselves we send random emails to all of our members mm -hmm. And in the last year, um, like, you know, we normally get 10 out of 10 and then maybe once every couple months we'll have like a seven or a eight or something. And basically the only negative feedback we're getting is that sometimes it's a little too busy and we need more machines because um, people are just waiting for the piece of equipment that they're using. Um, so we appreciate that feedback uh, so much that, that people are willing to tell us, you know, like um, something negative or if, if you want to put it that way, but just constructive criticism. 
and um and it's given us like the insight and the confidence to um move towards expanding yeah so you guys really want to expand your space um and we talked about that a little bit off air don't want to get super into details with that but with you opening up the opening up your space a little bit, adding some square footage, that means you could probably add some more members. So talk to us about like your growth process. What do you guys do to find your members? Um, so the area we live in, it's a pretty tight knit community. Okay. Um, we do like a little bit of Facebook marketing here and there, but um. I'd say 95% of our members are word of mouth. Um, 95% of your members are coming from word of mouth. That's pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, generally in this industry anyway, like we all love word of mouth because it's it's the best method of marketing since it's the only free method of marketing. So <laughs> if our clients are having a good experience with us and they go out and they talk about us um, and we grow that way, it feels pretty good. Um, but there, no matter how small our community is, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't have ties to people in our facility. Um, and so it's important that we utilize other methods. And it sounds like for you, you do a little bit of Facebook marketing. Is that run by you? Is it run by corporate? Like, how do you guys do that? Um, corporate has their own um, marketing fund, uh, like spending money that they use. And um, yeah, they do Facebook marketing. Um, I actually is really blessed. One of my members, um, has his own fitness, uh, online programming, and he's been doing marketing with Facebook since Facebook marketing started. Um, they've actually hired him to be a pilot for a lot of different, um, strategies. And so he actually helps me as a friend to set up my, um, I don't even know what the word is, all my settings for how I, I spend my money in the Facebook marketing. And um, yeah, just stretches the money. And he can even look at my competitors. You listeners uh, might look into this, um, that you can kind of look at your competitors' views and um, you can calculate how much they're spending for their Facebook marketing. And you can just outbid them by five cents and their uh, ads won't show up to the same people that yours show up to. That's really interesting. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Pretty cool. It takes like a really experienced, um, you know, person using Facebook marketing, but uh, shout out to Darren. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool um alrighty so you know you've utilized Facebook and props to you because like there's so many gym owners out there that like aren't utilizing digital platforms to help them grow but like in 2022 no matter who we are where we're located like if we're not on those digital platforms we're kind of missing out on um a huge like untapped potential so um good for you now I want to ask you like a question that I think is so valuable because it's easy for like gym owners to relate. What would you say business-wise is your biggest challenge and like what are you doing to learn um to work on overcoming that? That's a loaded one. Um It's okay if 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 you have a loaded answer, it's okay. 
biggest challenge? Um, probably uh, mine uh, at my location is retention. Um, as far as like, you know, anytime fitness really is really good about giving you all your data um, and, and scoring you and rating you versus other anytime fitnesses. And our retention score is probably lower than um, 80% of the other anytime fitnesses. Uh, being in a transient place as Hawaii is and expensive as it is, we have a lot of people that come and go. And so um, I just kind of have to accept that our attention score is going to be a lot lower than places where people just settle down. Um, you know, it's paradise here, but it's expensive. So we have a lot of people move here, try and try and make ends meet and figure out like, oh man, I got to work so much. You know, I don't, I don't know if this is where I want to settle. Um, and so, yeah. But at the same time, we have a lot of signups because of that transient sort of place that we live in. So it balances out, but our retention score is always going to be low. So trying yeah. to keep our numbers is, um, has, has been a bit of a challenge, but I've like come to terms that it's just our demographic. Yeah, I know. I mean, I get that too. I think, you know, being in Orlando, it's not Hawaii, but very similarly, like people move to us to like work for Disney or work for Universal. They stay there for like six to 12 months and then they find out like, hey, this is like, you know, I lived my dream. It's over. And then they they go back home to Pennsylvania, <laughs> wherever they're from. Um, and so we kind of dealt with the same thing. Like in our facility, we realized we our retention was pretty low. Um, and we started doing exit interviews and we found that like most of the people were leaving because they were moving. Um, but we're always going to have some people that leave just because they're not utilizing their membership or, or things like that. Um, with a thousand members, how many of your members would you say are active? Um, 800, 700, yeah, so not 750, something like that. Yeah. Um, what, like, do you feel like there's anything that you guys can do? I know that like your retention is due to the trend being in a transient area, but do you feel like there's anything more that you can do to keep the members that are settled in your area um, and, and no plan on leaving anytime soon? Yeah, I think just adding more space and more equipment, which is like mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, the only, the only negative feedback we've gotten is that we just need more space and equipment and it's kind of busy sometimes. So um, there is options to go to other clubs in the area that are, you know, not as clean, not as welcoming, don't have as much support and nobody's in there. And so a lot of them will go to the, like, check it out. And some, some of them stay at, at the other club just because it's empty most of the time. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have the same culture that we have. So it depends on what people are looking for, you know? Mm -hmm. If they want just an empty room with, with equipment, then that's a great choice for them. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad they found a place that suits their style of training. 
but if they're looking for like a supportive you know good energy you know people around you inspiring you and you know helping you reach your goals then our club's kind of the place to be yeah i typically find that like when it comes to retention as long as we're providing like the ultimate experience for our clients we're providing them a ton of value and like the things that they need in order to reach their goals, they're going to stick around for a long time. They're going to be happy. They're going to trust us. They're going to tell their friends, their friends are going to come in and it's just like a constant cycle of growth for our business. Um, now to kind of flip the question, we talked about your challenge a little bit, but like if you had to kind of, if, or if I gave you a magic wand and all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true, what would that picture look like for you? Oh my gosh. So I listened to the podcast and I heard you ask this question and I was like stumped because I'm like so content with where we're at. Um, and now I kind of like feel like a broken record saying just say more square footage and, and more space and more members. Um, and so, and then I heard the same question asked to, um, it was on your last podcast that came out uh Blake Hill or something like that he owns a 35,000 square foot gym mm -hmm. and he said he tried you know bringing in more members and and tried to like amp it all up and he said that systems didn't work as good um because you know they just everybody was juggling too too many hats and trying to do too much and so I'm I'm gonna go with him and say like We'll kind of keep our numbers, you know, relative to what they are with the square footage we have. And only thing I would do is just build our personal training and small group training uh, programs, you know, to that 20%. Mm -hmm. And that would be perfect. Yeah. Growth doesn't always have to mean like, I think so many people think of growth as like, all right, let's get a thousand members in here. Let's go, let's go. But that's not necessarily what growth has to mean, right? We can grow internally with what we have by providing more value to our clients, getting our clients in personal training programs, maybe offering nutrition, things like that, that will help our clients succeed, but internally bring in more revenue. Um, so like we can have that kind of why not more mindset without having to worry about like <laughs> having like 4,000 clients in a 4,500 4, square foot facility. It's just not realistic. Um, yeah. What would be a piece of advice that you would pass on to somebody who maybe just got started in this industry, you know, just became a gym owner today? Um, pray for an incredible staff, pray for these people that are just gems that just want to help their community that are just pour energy into your, um, into your members. And, um, I, I really want to give a shout out to my team, um, right now. Uh, so huge blessing is the team that we've been able to, um, bring together. Um, Michaela is our training director. She's just a godsend to our business. Um, Madison as well. She's our member experience manager. Um, just 
can't say enough good things about um, those two ladies. Alex has been our coach for over two years, um, doing boxing training, group classes, one-on-one. He works with all different kinds of clients. Um, He's incredible. He keeps, you know, going for new certifications and expanding his, um, his wisdom on fitness. He's amazing. Donnie was a member. Um, he's like an incredible success story. Uh, he's now got clients and helps us just keep the gym super spotless and keeps the vibes really, really high. Kukui, our manager, um, also just is so welcoming and wonderful and takes care of a little bit of security. You know, when we need people to get calls, she's just full of aloha and just makes sure that people aren't like being scolded but they're just being you know told with aloha like hey this is the way the rules are at the gym so you know please just respect the the gym rules and um it's all good and then javin stepped up as like a manager assistant and he just helps with cleaning and signups and helps with members and dude he even works like he comes in every morning and works out and he'll even like help people just you know while he's working out all the time and um shout out to my wife she's my like business partner um she does all the hr work uh she's just most incredible wife and mother to my one and a half year old and, um, and then her mom, actually, we wouldn't have been able to start the business without her. She kind of like helped us uh, with funding at the beginning. Tammy, um, she is just an angel. And then my grandma as well, just with all of her advice and support and, and belief in us. Um, so, and, uh, and then also, I just want to give a shout out to all of our members for just being incredible and respectful of each other we have such a diverse membership base um i can't i don't even know where to start but we basically have every person from every walk of earth come to our gym and get along and support each other and uh inspire each other so uh yeah i just want to make sure i i got that in before the end of the podcast Yeah, no, it's important to make sure that everybody involved gets the proper shout out. So (laughs) thank you so much for making sure that you do that, did that. Where can our listeners go to follow along for your journey? Like, do you guys have an Instagram page or a Facebook page? Yeah, we're definitely way more active on Instagram. That's where we get the most, um, uh, what is it called? Anyways, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) on instagram it's anytime fitness lahaina easy enough for us to find thank you for being here today kalani and listeners thanks for tuning in don't forget guys if you want to stay notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us for an episode here at the gym lords podcast fill out the link in the description our team will be in touch with you soon as always until next time gym lords out thank you for listening to this interview but Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show is Daniel from DMC Boxing Academy in Centerville, Ohio. Welcome to the show, Daniel. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. I'm very excited to have you on today and to learn more about you and what you have going on at DMC Boxing Academy. But before we dive into the business side of things, when you first opened your gym, what was the vision you had in mind for it and why? Well, uh, the reason I started my, my I mean, uh, first, let me go back a little bit. I've been involved with boxing all my life. I started at 14 and I've never stopped. On and off, sometimes more involved, sometimes less involved. I never had a gym before. Uh, I used to work for other gyms and I used to work out of my, my house and working with developing uh, or giving people opportunity to learn the art of boxing. So eventually I got to the point that, um, you know, having a conversation with my wife and she said, well, if you want to, I don't like you bringing people, you know, random people to the house. So mm -hmm. that's when I decided to open a gym and it was a site on the side. Basically it was more like a hobby that hobby actually turned into a business. And this is where we are right now. But my, my main goal is to, give people the opportunity to learn the art of boxing because it's not readily available, especially in areas like the one where we live right now. So okay. that's it. Okay. So started boxing very young, you know, transition into, Hey, I want to start coaching people. She brought them into your house. Wife said, Hey, no, we don't want anymore there. So then you moved into your own place and your main goal is to, you know, provide amazing service to your members and to really just teach the people that are of boxing. That is awesome. So with all that being said, why don't you give the listeners like your elevator pitch or what you have going on at your facility? Perfect. Okay. So um, here at DMC Boxing, we offer a very unique, um, uh, we have a very unique offering here because I allow people to or give people the opportunity to learn boxing and get in shape at the same time. That's basically in a very uh, quick explanation because anybody can do it. I have people that is over 70 years old and I have people that is five years old here too. I also have competitive boxers and very good ones too. I have people that came here with absolutely no boxing experience and this is where they learn. And now when we go out and compete, we're doing pretty good. Actually, I'm taking a uh, one of my fighters to nationals in, in Lubbock, Texas in December. He's uh, right, ranked very high in the, in the nation right now. And that's something unheard of before. There was no boxing in Centerville. So that is my, my, my pride right now is, is that I offer boxing in an area which is not traditionally known for boxing. You, have fight, you find here, you know, all the other traditional sports, you know, basketball, soccer, baseball, football, you know, and uh, boxing, normally you have to go to areas where are a little bit more um, 
depressed or whatever you want to call it, but uh, it's not really available for everybody. So that's the main thing that is happening right now here. And I am very, very picky or very particular about the quality of the training. I want to make sure that people actually learn how to box. And I don't want to say, oh, I'm a boxing gym when I'm not. I might be a fitness gym and let people throw punches in the back. A lot of people do that. That's not what we do here. I make sure that people are throwing punches correctly. They're learning some defense. It can be basic. It can be advanced. It depends on each individual. But uh, so it's basically tailored to anyone. And I have stay-at-home moms. I have young people, older people, males, females. You know, train, everybody's training side by side. The difference is going to be on um, the the level or the intensity and my demand of the of the um, person is going to be based on what their goals are. If your goals are to be a competitive fighter, I want to push you. I want to push you to above limits that you've never been pushed before. If your goal is just to stress relief, here we are. We're going to stress relief, but you're going to do it the right way. You're going to learn how to throw combinations. You're going to learn how to throw proper punches to avoid injuries and things like that. If you have any limitations, you can still box. If you have happen to have knee surgery or you have a uh, you know problems in your in your back or a shoulder problem you can still box it's just a matter of letting me know and we'll tailor the the training to your needs and help you um, you know accomplish that i don't sell myself as a weight loss place but if that's your goal we'll help you do that too so that is awesome that. Yeah, that's awesome, Daniel. So you have a very large demographic there, you know, five to seven-year-olds, male and female, young and old. And, you know, you also offer services for fighters who want to, you know, compete and actually, you know, like actually fight and stuff. And you offer a great service for your members. So with that being said, how many members are you currently serving at your gym? I think I uh, don't have exact exact count, but I mean, uh, probably around 90. 90 members okay yeah awesome yes, so more but uh you know it's cyclical you know uh the summer is normally like so low season after the summer i start i started to get, um, have people come in after i have a lot of people that i don't let tell people um you gotta do boxing you can't do anything else if you do wrestling basketball football whatever you know f- football season just finished so i have people that started to come after football season you know i'm talking like kids high school kids and middle school kids so it's cyclical but yeah that's that's what we're at right now okay so it you know like fluctuates per season okay uh so with that question i'm kind of curious here like what's the square footage of your facility it's about two thousand square foot thousand square feet okay not, not huge okay uh, how much usable square footage of that? You know, like how much of it is usable? Uh, everything, every inch. Okay. Every, yes. It's, okay. Uh, you know, I have a, I have official size ring. I have about 20 punching mats. Um, the floor is all like two layers of rubber mats. And um, basically I have a very small uh, weight area where people have, you know, space to get ready and leave their, their gym bags or whatever. I have two water fountains and a bathroom and basically at my office, which is where I do all the administration work and other things, you know, but um, I'm most of the time outside with the people. 
Okay. Awesome. So you have a great setup. It sounds like at DMC boxing Academy. So hypothetically speaking, what is the cap in terms of member base that you could handle at your gym? Well, it, it depends. I mean, right now I have a lot of downtime if you want to say that because uh, most people train uh, the peak times 6, 6 p.m., 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. That's where most people come because people have school, work, you know, you name it. And then uh, early in the morning, uh, 6.30 in the morning, we probably could start earlier, but uh, uh, until I have somebody that's willing to take over that, you know, I don't want to have to wake up that early every day because I'm open seven days a week. So... But the, 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 during the weekdays, those are the peak times. It's the 6.30 a.m. and the 6 and 7 p.m. classes. And then I do have private classes on and off. It depends on the day. But I have a lot of downtime. So my classes are pretty full during the peak times, especially the afternoon ones. The morning, I probably can um, have another maybe seven to ten people in the morning class in the afternoon it's just a hero miss you know so basically people come here three times a week so sometimes i'm flexible and people miss class and they ask me if they can come the next day and i say yes but i gotta be careful to not overpopulate the classes so people can have enough room to move around and and get the best workout they can which regardless if if it's full we still get a good workout it's just uh I want to make it sure, make sure that everybody feels comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Like in my experience with boxing, cause I do attend a boxing Academy over here where I live. Um, yeah. Like those peak times are 6am and 6pm. Like everyone shows up at those times. Everybody works or they're at school. But um, with that being said, like, let's just say you have, well, actually, how do you get more like new people into your door at, you know, your facility? Right now, uh, basically, is word of mouth. Uh, people that go online and start searching for a boxing gym, and they call me. I take all the phone calls. So when I talk to people, I tell them what we're all about. I give them pricing over the phone. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, my pricing is actually on my website, so it's not a secret. And then trying to, you know, lure people in, and then, you know, bam, this is the price. You know, I don't do that. I just basically my prices are very very um, um, fair. Actually, I think it's 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 you get a lot more than what you pay for. But uh, again, people would not know that unless they come here, you know. And I do allow people to come here and try a class. So when when I do that, it's a it's a two side evaluation because they're evaluating if they really want to do this and this is what they're looking for. But I'm also trying to evaluate if this is a, a person that is fit to, and I'm not talking fit fitness-wise, it's just that they're going to be willing to uh, work out, you know, and deal with everything that we do here. Because sometimes I have people that they come here because they're forced, especially younger people. Oh, the dad wants him to do it. And I'm still going to give them the opportunity if that's what they want, but I don't, uh, I, I, it's hard to work with people that they don't want to be here. You know? yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, the process, basically. Okay. So mainly word of mouth. Um, so 
in terms of like num like number of people that you want in your gym, like how many people are you currently getting in your gym every single month with just like word of mouth? Um, well, I say it fluctuates. You know, like I say, the time of the year of the year, but. I've been growing steadily year after year. So this year actually wasn't that good compared to all the previous years in terms of growth, but I'm still, you know, doing better than the year prior. Um, I want to say for every five people that come here, uh, three sign up and then I lose one or two. So it's always, you know, if I get one or two, uh, net new members a month that's probably fair sometimes it's more sometimes it's less you know because sometimes you get a family so that net new will be three people instead of one so that's kind of how it works okay so around you know five people a month and you sign up about three to two and then you know one may fall off well like one or two may fall off there so in terms of you know, your goal in terms of getting more people in the door, like, what does that look like? Like a, like a specific number? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm holding back on that, okay. uh, which is not something that a business owner would normally say, but I, I, I have a reason for that. And for me, it, more important is to be uh, ready to accommodate everybody and be able to give people the quality and not just you know, give them anything so they can just sign up because I can do that. I can overpopulate my classes. That's not what I'm trying to do right now. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to to grow um, in a smart way. So basically that means open new times and get new people like at 4 p.m., for example, or maybe 5.30 in the morning, things like that. But I, in order to do that, I'm actually in the process of... Uh, um, hiring people now i don't just hire i hire with from within and right now i have uh, i'm in the process of putting together a, a trainer training uh, program mm -hmm. because this is not like hire somebody to just go there and tell people what to do the people that if you're going to be a trainer here you got to be uh trained under my program and know you know what I expect from you and what you should expect from your students and do it in the same way that I do it, you know, mm -hmm. so, so to speak. So that way I want to make sure that the people come here and they're getting, whether it's me or A or B coach, they're still getting the same quality of training. So I could like open a four o'clock PM class, for example, and teach it myself. But do I really want to do that? No. I don't want to do that because I don't want to be tied up with my time. Then, then I'm going to be overwhelmed. So it's, 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 it's a process. I'm getting ready for that. And probably, uh, I want to say by, by uh, the middle of the winter, I should be able to start getting uh, a couple of people. I mean, I'm going to have that, that training program ready. So it has, it has to be done formally. I mean, so it's not just, I'm not going to wing it, basically. Okay, so main goal right now is just to provide a stellar service to your members. And you're currently, you know, building out a training program for the new trainers to come in, you know, midwinter. Um, so with that being said, do you have any trainers right now? Or is yep. it just you on the team? 
no, no, no. I have a couple of trainers. I have three or four trainers that they've been training with me. So they're already uh, trained, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it's more like their availability is not there to take over those times that I need. So they're helping me with the overload right now. And I'm here, regardless if I, if I, if I don't want to be here, I'm still here. Because I mean, I'm watching what they're doing and I'm making sure that they're not only that they're doing the right training, but also if they need any help, you know, and I always jump in and pull people aside and tell people, okay, here, let's work on this. Okay, you know, your footwork is this or that, or keep your hands up, or, you know, this is why you do this. And think little details, you know, but uh, like I say, right now it's, it's very, um, um, it, it, it's, I'm not, I, I don't want to rush it. Let's put it that way. I don't want to rush it. I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. So when, once once I'm ready, I had a person, but it, it didn't end up working out because the person had to go to school and it, it just, you know, the timing wasn't right. But uh, so that pushed everything back a little bit. No, now I want to do it right. I don't want to have, I don't want to depend on one, one person, one trainer. I want to have maybe three or four on staff that they can, if one cannot make it, then I have somebody else. If not, I will always be there to jump in, but I don't want to have to be there, you know? Yeah. Especially, like, for example, I'm going to nationals. I'll be gone for um, eight days. So I'm not going to close the gym for eight days. Yeah. But that's already organized. So, you know, I don't have a problem. But, you know, there's other other events that I have to go and, you know, I want to make sure that I have coverage. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, with those three to four, like new trainers, if you had them, that would help out a lot in terms of like when you go to this competition down in uh, Texas. Um, So take me back here in terms of, let's just say you get a new person at your door, like instead of having over the phone, but at your door, what does the process look like to turn them into a member when they walk into your facility? Well, first of all, every every, t- every time there's someone at my door, I mean, we're everyone here is very welcoming. Not only me as a person, but whoever is teaching the class and the students, especially the advanced students, the competitive competitive students, they all train in that way. That they're they're. I mean, this is a big family here. This is not just a team that you go there and you don't look at anybody else. You just do your thing and then you, 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 you're, you're gone and you forget about it. No, a lot of people come here. It's, it's a family. People, they, there's friendships develop inside the gym. So when you walk in, anybody that is close to the door is going to look at you and gonna say, hey, how you doing? My name is such and such. Welcome to the MC. You know, hey, coach, if I'm not paying attention or whatever, you know, okay, coach, there's a new person here, you know, and I get a lot of that. And I was like, okay, here, take over. And I mean, that's the good thing is that I have people that has been here for a little bit longer. So we do a lot of these um, mentoring type of, uh, you know, uh, students. So the, the, the more experienced, experienced students is always um, helping the newer ones. You know, not, they're not doing my job. They're just like, you know, I mean, pushing people. Okay, keep going, keep going, man. You know, uh, okay, put your hands up. Okay, don't slack, whatever. Basically, I go and I greet the people and I take them over. I mean, because sometimes I'm not even here. So whoever is here, that's the same thing. And we 
explain them what we are, you know, this is a boxing gym, but you know, what, what is that you're looking for? And based on what they're looking for, we, we, we tell them this might work or this will work for you. Now, are you ready to train? Here, jump in. And people, a lot of people are like, really? I'm like, yeah, just go ahead. You know, if not, it's like, well, I just came here for information. That's fine. When do you want to come? Okay, you want to come tomorrow? Sure, you come tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Or I'll come, you know, in three days. Get their information, you know, and uh, and then show them the the programs that we have, the pricing and all the stuff. And then, uh, you know, normally after there, but right now you don't have to do anything. Just get all your information and then do the class. After you do the class, then we can talk to you if you like it or not. If they like it, and most of the time they do, they sign up. A lot of times these younger people, like 16-year-old, 15-year-old, they don't have a credit card, so mm. I can't sign them up. Plus, the parents have to sign a waiver anyways. So I said, well, just make sure you, you want to do this. You make sure you come bring your parents the next time. And once once they do, then we finish the, the, the registration process and they can get started. You know, you can start any day, any any class you don't have to start you don't have to wait until like the first of the month or no because the registration is based on your start date okay so mainly like the member base it's like a family because i've actually noticed that at the boxing academy i go to as well like Mm -hmm. the boxing culture it is very very tight knit everyone knows each other nobody comes in and like oh who's that guy oh we don't want him no they walk up to each other they say hi my name is this um and really they help to you know help you to sell the programs to the new people. Um, so let's just say, you know, that happens, you get a new member. How do you keep them for the long term, along with having that tight knit community? Well, first of all, um, I have four programs, you know, I have a 12, 12 or more months. Uh, you pay, you don't pay all together, but mm-hmm. you have a price for that. You have a six to 11 months, three to five months. And then I have a month to month. Okay. Which is, you know, of course more expensive or, you know, it's cheaper if you, you sign up for a longer term. So that right there, you know, it, it doesn't, nothing's guaranteed, you know, yeah. and I try to be flexible. Somebody gets transferred or if you get accepted into, into a university out of state, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not like that. This is, you deal directly with me. I'm the owner. So, yeah. you know, if you need to cancel for, for valid reasons, we will. But most people is very, very loyal. I have people being with me for five years. And um, I mean, but you have a little bit of everything, you know, people change also. Like one thing, when you, when you're 13 years old, your your interest might be one thing when you're in 15 changes you know now you have a girlfriend or mm-hmm. whatever you know and, and and you start missing training well that then then we see where we go from from there so i do have a very loyal um customer base that has been with me for a long time so that that i'm not too worried now if you don't feel like okay like you're not sure uh, you can start with one program and after a month, if you really like it, you can switch. So you're not tied to the, you know, three month pricing. You can go to the other one. So that that's 
you know, um, what I do. I do have some other um, things to help people, you know, and things like that. But as long as you're really motivated and like, for example, I have people call me and like, coach, I'm going to, can I skip this month? Like, what's going on? It's like, well, uh, I lost my job and I can't make friends. Like, listen, just keep coming, and, you know, find a job. I'm not going to kick you out, but I'm not going to keep you for three months without pay, you know? But, you know, if you need two, three, four weeks, you know, uh, and things are good and I can afford it. But remember that if you're coming here, you're taking up space too. So you need somebody else for coming. So that uh, it's on a base, uh, you know, you know, um, I say base to base or, you know, each, each, case is different but um you know i try to accommodate people because it's not it's a business but still it's like a big family here yeah yeah like i've noticed that as well with the academy that i like go to like yes there are programs and yes we're in them but if someone comes up is like hey coach i'm not able to do it this month because i have like something just came up very open and like okay that's perfectly fine i love that about the gym culture in terms of boxing um, so you mentioned that you also have some other things that you do to keep them as a client. What are those things? Uh, to keep them as a client? Uh, yeah. So along with the communication, you know, with coach to member, what other things do you do to keep them there? Well, I don't really do much, honestly. I just give them the best service that I can. Oh. Uh, I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, I don't want to keep people here against their will. I want to, I want people. I want people to come here because they're they're getting their 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 money's worth, and they also getting their the benefit that they're looking for. And that's basically I explain people the the benefits of working out, and I tell people, listen, you need to work out regardless if it's here or somewhere else. You know, it's just the difference is the the environment and what you want to be learning. But you know, as we get older, you know, we start losing a lot of uh, flexibility, strength, muscles. And everything is not about like looking like a bodybuilder or looking like a, I mean, not, 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 nothing wrong with that. It's just, I don't, I don't tell people, okay, you're going to look like, like, you know, like a model. Yeah. You're going to be in like the shape. Yeah. Well, you're going to be in better shape. You're going to be, your cardio is going to be better. You're going to run up the stairs and you're not going to have to be like winded. You know, you're going to tie your shoes and you're going to, you're not going to feel like you're getting underwater because your gut is getting in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, I mean, you're not going to pull a muscle because you're picking up toys from your kids, you know what I'm saying? So there is a lot of things that what, what happens is that you slow down your activity level as you're done with high, you know, school. As a kid, you move, you're flexible. Not everybody is, but you can do a lot of things. And, you know, if you fall, you get hurt, you keep running, you know, or like in a day, you're fine. As you get older, it takes, you know, maybe two days. It takes two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. you pull something and you're hurt for like a month. So the reason for that is because we get we become more and more um, sedentary and we do a lot less activity and we start losing, you know, the flexibility and, you know, we're getting old anyway. So yeah. the only way to, or one of the ways to be able to, to age with style, let's put it that way, is by working out, of course. You know, um, nutrition is very important. What you eat and all the stuff. And uh, I mean, 
that's personal but if people ask me about it i tell them okay well you gotta quit these don't do that you know i mean don't eat pop don't go to drive through you know food fast food you know yeah. every day i mean if you want to do it maybe i mean i would never do it but if you want to do it once a week or every two weeks you know that's fine but better to that, that you gotta look at that as as your enemy it's just taking good quality life uh out of your system you know and yeah. that happens you go to to the grocery store and you see people that is younger than me and they're like walking like they're looking at they're they're looking for pennies because they're all bent down walking like the next all messed up spines messed up yeah yes you know so i'm i'm completely like against smoking and things like that but you know people do whatever they want i just when you start training and i have people that have told me that and you if you go online and you go you see the reviews that i have from people i mean i have people that tell me man i go to the gym and i get tired and i leave but i'm happy i go out with my friends drinking and the next day i feel like like an idiot miserable okay well just switch this you know mm -hmm. and that, that way when you when you when you get older you, you're not gonna be well as long as you can prolong it you're gonna be self-sufficient you don't have you know you're not gonna need people taking giving you baths you know or feeding you stuff like that so okay so mainly just like being transparent with your members saying hey this is what you need to do to be healthy this is what you should not do to like be healthy uh that's Basically, really good promoting a lifestyle change that's yeah. that's the main thing you know and do it through boxing you can do it through anything but do it through boxing because boxing is an individual sport so you don't depend on a team mm -hmm. i mean you do we still it's still a team you believe it or not it's still a team because you don't train by yourself you train with other people and that's why the camaraderie comes is because the person that you're talking to is going to be taking punches from you or it's going to be throwing punches at you but that's not because they're your enemy if you, I tell people, if you get punched, it's not the other person's fault. It's yours. He's doing yeah. his job. Your job is to avoid it. Increase and your boxing. skill level. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and boxing is the art of hit without getting hit. Exactly. You know? And of course, you work your way up. I don't throw people in there. And I mean, not everybody. First of all, not everybody gets into sparring. But if you're going to get to sparring, it's a process. And the process goes from the first time you're in the ring with somebody. It's going to be somebody it's above your level and that person is not going to be thrown but it's just going to be doing defense mm -hmm. you're going to be offense but then you're going to see how hard it is to hit somebody that knows how to box yeah. and you're going to get winded and you think three minutes is not much until you try boxing so mm -hmm. you're in there and you throw and you after a minute and a half you feel like you know you're going to pass out and the other person's not even touching you yeah so, and you're like oh my god this is a whole different level Mm -hmm. but that's something that you're never going to know unless you try it yeah like in my experience when i first got into boxing there for a few months um you know it took a, quite a while to get into sparring because the coach was like no dude you need to like get familiar with everyone here get familiar with the process and then just go in and just work yourself hard and you know like in the first minute and a half i was like coach i am sucking win right now i cannot do this right now like at the best of my ability but i mean it was fun so i mean that's it's really good to hear that you really care about your members, Daniel. Um, you know, not a lot of coaches do that nowadays. So it's really good to hear. Uh, this is my second to last question here for you, Daniel. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the fitness and gym world, you know, we already went over all these three topics. So lead generation acquisition, 
retention, ascension. So basically keeping them for long-term, having them spend more money with you. Out of those three, where do you think you can improve the most on and why? Uh, what was the three ones? Repeat the name, please. So lead generation. So getting uh -huh. them to your door and acquisition. So turning them into members and then retention. So keeping them long-term and then acquisition. No, ascension, I meant ascension. So basically having them spend more money with you. Out of those three, where do you think you can improve the most on? Improve? Uh, yeah. Probably lead generation. Lead generation? Okay. Right. Maybe between that and then charging more money, like you said, but I don't charge probably enough. But for me, I just want to give it, people give people the opportunity to join so that's that's where i mean why i was telling you i try to give people the best quality training they ever gonna get yeah and i'm very confident when i say that i'm probably already doing that people's getting really good training they're not gonna get this type of training uh, i'm not gonna say anywhere but it's very difficult to find this type of training anywhere and yeah. uh so yeah i mean like i said if i can get more more people in the door you know instead of charging more just getting more people then that's that's the basically the goal when when i decided to start doing this is to be able to um let people in the door of box because most people was most people is intimidated when they hear the word boxing. Like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Let me go run for like three months before I come here. I was like, no, this is where you're going to get your cardio up. This is where you're going to get your learning. It's where you work. You're not going to get hurt. Do not worry. Just come here and try it. Once yeah. you try it, then you will see, you know? So, but my goal is to allow this for people that never ever thought that they were going to be able to do boxing to do it. You know, and I have been able to do that already with people that told me that I never thought I was going to be doing this ever. I mean, and I never thought that I could even do it, you know, and then yeah. your, 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 your self-confidence uh, goes up. I mean, I have people that come, I mean, especially younger people with those, those challenges and they're eventually overcome that without, it's just seamless, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just works smooth. And then they get they get to to where they want to be, you know. Yeah, I find it fascinating. You know, in my experience with with boxing, like you know, just like you said, first like day before going in, I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna go out. You know, I'm out of shape. But once you actually join, you start working. Everything pans out very smoothly. Your self confidence goes up. You start burning the belly fat. You start communicating better with people because, you know, the tight-knit community, you're like, wow, I can actually talk to people. You know, most people nowadays, they struggle to communicate. So it's, it's very good. Um, so I actually have last question here for you, Daniel. Um, so paint a picture for me and the listeners. What are your short-term and long-term goals for DMC Boxing Academy and why? Uh, well, my short-term goals will be to be able to start opening uh, some new time slots to allow more people in the door, people that are not coming to the time, maybe change a little bit uh, the, the, the level or something to attract these people that can potentially come at those, at those times, but they're not coming for whatever reason. So that's probably the short-term goals plus completing the training trainer training program to be able to 
do that. Uh, that's that's that will be like short term, and long term is I want to be able to to expand to other locations. So once I have the trainers, I can start doing these, and I can be myself going to different locations. I mean, my goal is to start with one and then two, and maybe I don't want to go too big because that's not my my goal. But who knows? You know, I mean, right now I'm I'm looking maybe for two or three more uh to start or that, that that's kind of my goal right now so i don't want to change that right now but if i can do that and you know spend time in all of them and just uh have people helping people to to accomplish the goals that the people that's coming already getting there that that would be ideal for me that would be my dream my dream is to make people feel like they have a place where this is their happy place you know their home away from home where you forget about you're you're so busy working and getting pushed that you forget about your personal problems, your money problems, your work problems, your teacher problems, or your you know homework or whatever for an hour and just give it a hundred percent, relax and be ready to go and take on you know your other responsibilities. You know. Yeah. Okay. That's that's basically the goal. So short-term goals, mainly just to get more time slots open so you can get more people in there, get some trainers in. Long-term open, you know, a few more locations, not too big, but you want like three to four and mainly just to impact more people and just to introduce them to the art of boxing and to help them, you know, not only physically, but mentally in their life. That is very awesome, Daniel. And I think that's actually a good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, where can mm -hmm. listeners find you on social media? So Facebook, Instagram. Yes, Facebook, Instagram, I have a website. Those are the three main ones uh, that I use. I The website, I don't really change it much. Instagram is basically gets fed every day. Uh, I have a person that helps me with that. He, you know, I just give him basic information, he, you know, he, but he gets videos and um um, pictures and stuff like that and, and, and he does that he's a person that needed help mm -hmm. financially so I basically let him because I could do it but I just now I don't do it uh, Facebook uh, probably update that maybe eh, I don't know sometimes weekly sometimes you know it could be every two three days sometimes it goes two three weeks I don't post anything uh, I think it's linked to the Instagram too. So sometimes it, it just gets fed. Double from, posts. Yeah, yeah. double posts. Uh, and then, um, yeah, but that's basically what I use, you know. Uh, I don't do any more at this point. Um, I'm, I'm working on something that's a project, but I don't want to really talk about that right now because it's a, it's a project. So it's, it's, it's in the, in the, in the works, let's put it that way. So it might, come out in my nap so i don't know yet okay so on instagram what is your handle for your gym like the name like like dmc boxing academy but like typing it in what do people put in to find you oh that's a good question uh for instagram dmc boxing and for facebook i think it's dmc boxing academy and fitness awesome well daniel we appreciate you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you ever want 
join us for to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Clive Caldwell of the Cambridge Group of Clubs in Greater Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Clive, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I am very, very well. I'm excited to have you here, Clive. There are three locations within Toronto, and I don't want to paint on your canvas for any means, but this is an interesting business model and one heavily affected by this recent pandemic, both because of location and de demographic circumstances. Clive, before we get into the business and the nitty gritty of what you do from a business standpoint, tactical standpoint. Tell me a little bit about the Cambridge clubs. When you describe what these locations are to people, what do you tell them about this business? Well, um, you know, as with anyone, fundamentally we're retailers, I think we're hospitality and retailers. And so where we are located is a critical element to all of our businesses in the health and fitness business. And our location is in the Wall Street of Canada, or in, and referred to as Bay Street. Our clubs are a 10-minute walk from each other. They compete with each other. Mm. And they are serving the bankers, the lawyers, the brokers, the accountants, the consultants, sure. all the professional class of Toronto and really the center of Canadian finance. Sure. And so... With three clubs, this becomes a multiple location venture and a greater business to take after. Take me back a little bit because I think the origin of this is, is fascinating. Tell me a little bit about when the Cambridge clubs first originated and how did you become involved with them along the way? The Cambridge club was the first club. It was opened in... January 1973. This January will be the 50th anniversary of the club. I started working in the club as the club squash professional. 
I taught squash to the members. I uh, ran the squash programs. I ran a pro shop and ran the events. And um, after about three years, I was offered a small piece of the business. And 20 years later, 18 years later, I was able to buy the business. Um, the Adelaide Club was opened in 1978, so it's now 44 years old. Uh, the Adelaide Club is in the lower level of a 72-story office tower owned by Brookfield. And the Toronto Athletic Club, which is on the penthouse of a 36-story office tower, was opened in 1985, and I bought it with a number of other clubs in 1998 or 99. Um, one of the fascinating things about these clubs, and these are some sometimes, uh, Joe, things that one has to be careful how much they talk about these sort of things. But the Cambridge Club, rather uniquely since 1973, is boys only, mm. no girls. I see. And uh, and has been a great success, and has been a very unique, yeah. uh, a very unique entity over all those and, years. And, and has stayed that way for 50 years. Exactly. Clive, with your experience as the leader of these clubs, I want to explore from a high level first, what's been your favorite part about running this business and follow that up with what's been the most difficult part about running this business? Um, you know, first and foremost, as I said a moment ago, it, it's a hospitality business. And I enjoy serving and working with people. Um, so it's always been something that I felt comfortable with. I've always felt comfortable with people. And I am here to make people happy. I think the most difficult part of the business is that it's quite a difficult business. You don't generate a lot of money in this business. And I often compare it to the hotel business. And the hotel business has undergone a transformation in the last 40 or 50 years that has made it a much more successful business, and our business has not. And what has happened in the hotel business, and we're, although we're minuscule compared to them, we're very similar. And the hotel business has separated management and ownership. Mm. And so you have wealthy people that put in the money that they require to fix and continually upgrade. In the fitness business, the managers and the owners have to do it all themselves. And it's hard to keep these facilities up to scratch. Sure. There's a lot of wear and tear. And, um, you know, if you're taking the Disney and the Four Seasons approach to hospitality and physical facilities, you want to be fixing these things up as a never ending battle. And uh, so that to me would be the most difficult part of the business is being able to generate enough cash to really keep them at a very high standard. I think that's a sentiment that is probably shared by gym owners, whether they have one location doing a hundred thousand a year or multiple locations wherever we are in the world doing millions or, or tens or hundreds of millions of dollars a year 
Yep. Overhead in our industry is a battle and a challenge that will will never go away. For those that want to be at the top of their game, will never go away. Unless they can do what the hotel business has done, and that's separate ownership sure. from management. Sure. In terms of the service delivered here, kind of walk me through the the model. We've got a membership component to it. People are paying to use the facilities and come and go as their leisure. What other services are available for people within these clubs? Um, so, so just to bring you up to speed a little bit on our membership, unlike because we are providing uh, almost a luxury experience, we've taken the example of the private club world, private mm -hmm. golf clubs, private family clubs, membership-owned clubs, and we charge by age to try to make it less expensive for somebody who's under 30, under 35, to join the club. So that's one element of the membership model that's very unique in our industry, not unique in the private side of our business, but very unique in the commercial side. And our membership business would be just a little bit half of our overall revenues. 20% um, of our business is food and beverage. We do about $5 million of food and beverage, and we have really high-end restaurants serving. And we're more of luncheon places than dinner because that's when our members are in our clubs and in their offices. Sure. We do, like every other fitness club in our three clubs, we were, we're doing, uh, we, we were doing prior to the pandemic, just a little over $6 million in personal training. We also did about $5 million of medical, sports medicine, chiropractic, spa, massage facilities. So that's the, that's the essence of what we offer. Sure. Being in the location that you're in with the demographic that you have, one would assume that the last couple of years affected the business significantly. How has that rebound looked for you? Have we been able to at least restore a good portion of that business to date? Barely. So we've now been closed. We've been the, the pandemic when we closed about 30 months ago. Um, number one, the fitness industry was really crushed worldwide by the pandemic. Sure. Canada was particularly rigid about shutting things down and forcing people to stay home. And third, even worse is the financial districts around the world have been very difficult to recover. So we are now just a little bit less than 50% of the membership levels that we were 30 months ago. And the financial district of Toronto is at about 30% of where it was 30 months ago. I had some friends in uh, for the weekend from Denver, and he told me they're at about 35% in downtown Denver. It's a worldwide problem, and it's, uh, 
hard to know when this is all going to come back and if there isn't going to be a significant shift in how these towers are used in the years to come. Yep. And far be it removed from the scope of our discussion to, to figure out the political element of this, but within our control, at least somewhat, how have you guys found success, if we can say, quote unquote, post-pandemic, or, or since you've been able to operate with some level of normalcy, what has been a success for you from a marketing standpoint to get people back into these clubs? You know, well, it, it, it's as it's always been. Um, a lot of referrals, a lot of corporate pitches. Uh, we do some general advertising. We do social advertising. Um, all the all the same old stuff, really. It's nothing really new under the sun. The other thing that we've done that we you may not be aware of, um, we went through a Canadian version of Chapter Eleven, mm -hmm. and we went through a uh, the version is called CCAA in Canada, and. Um, it was a remarkably successful decision to move in that direction. We eliminated over $10 million of liabilities. Um, and um, we have, we reopened last after last labor day, federal government still giving us a lot of money that's ended. Now our landlords continue to help us. And if they weren't, we would not have survived. Yeah. Could not have survived. And when you've only got a 30% of what your market used to be, there's only so much you can do. The smaller you know, bond. It's a much smaller thing. So there's only so much you can do. So um, we're just doing it and we've come through it remarkably well. Um, I think that's the most I can tell you. Yeah, it's, I, I think anybody that has a stake in the game in our industry knows exactly what you're talking about. It's the odds are stacked against you. What resources do we have available to maneuver the playing field? Now that you guys have at least made it past the, the darkest days, fingers crossed, we hope. Yeah. How does the business change or does the business change to adapt to new landscape within, within the fitness industry and within the service industry in general? You know, I went to uh, club industry a couple of weeks ago in Chicago and they started the, uh, it was sort of a, the first day was what is referred to as the CEO summit. And they started the, the presentation with about a, 10 minute video and they said that you know times have changed it's not going to look like what it used to look like and uh if you think you're going to be able to do business like you used to do business you're sorely mistaken after i finished the two days of listening to the ceo summit and club industry i thought they were way off base. Everything they talked about was yeah. everything that we've been doing all the way through the piece. You better have clean, wonderful facilities. You better have a great group of staff that want to serve members. You better be constantly improving what you're doing and never stop. And 
it's the same old game as far as I can see. One of our clubs is in a hotel, as I mentioned to you, the Cambridge Club. And it's a big hotel. It's about 1,400 rooms. It's unbelievable how quickly it's come back. And because it's tourists, it's not financial right. people. Right. And they spent a fortune when the, when the hotel was closed to upgrade it. And they've had a fabulous lift and they're just doing what they used to do. They've got clean rooms. They clean the rooms and they're, and they've got fabulous hospitality environments and bars and the place is rocking, but it's the same old hotel. Our, our industry is notorious for overcorrecting. I think we're, we're quick to react in any kind of situation. 2020 hit and everyone decided online is the way to go. In-person fitness is kaput. I, I appreciate the steadfastness in what you're saying of, we believe we have conviction in this product, what we're delivering. It's here to stay. And I, I think the, the pendulum is swinging back. Now all those people that were online trainers, online businesses are getting back into in-person fitness. It's a slow go, like you're saying, 30%, 35%, whatever the statistics are. We don't have control over that, but in-person fitness is a service that will last. People have a desire to be in this kind of social environment. Right. Is that, and, and, and it seems like that's what you're saying. Is that correct? No question. No. Well, look, I mean, number one, my 30% or the 30% of our market, my 45 to 50% is about as bad as I've heard it. I'm a part of a group called the Faust group, which is now part of the Rex Roundtables. And we've been meeting for decades, I would say. And most of my peers are, I think, 70, 80 plus percent back. But they're not all, but where they're having troubles is the same place we're having troubles. If clubs that are in financial districts, they're having the biggest problem. You know, what you're talking about, you, you know, the great example, obviously, that everybody not only in the industry, in the whole bloody world knows is Peloton. You know, they were a fabulous mix when there was nobody can get out of the house. And they made a terrible mistake. They did not con consider that there might be trouble once they, once things came back to normal. Yeah. They obviously overbuilt, overbought, and they've got big trouble. I don't know how kind, what kind of trouble they've got, but uh, it doesn't layoffs, sound very good. A lot of, a lot of layoffs. They got lots of trouble. So it's happening. And we, you know, when we were closed. I was very proud. We were doing eighty, ninety thousand dollars a month in virtual training. So our personal trainers would do it online with our our members or our former members. And uh, so it was a big help. People were doing it, but they're not doing it anymore. That's the odd one yeah. who does. There's the odd one, but generally with that business is, has gone. It's, it's somewhat run its course. People psychologically can only look at a screen for so long. Even the, the financial district jobs are starting to return at least where i am in new york they're starting to return right it's it's a slow burn but it's a comeback nonetheless now clive zoom out on this and and look to the future pandemic aside where do you see the future of these three clubs what's what's the growth trajectory how do we envision this 
Well, you know, number one, as I've said, um, it's all related to the financial districts in, in our particular case. As they come back, we're going to come back. And the fact that we're almost at 50% and our market's only at 30, I feel quite proud and delighted that we've been able to overcome that. On the weekend, I was playing in a, in a squash event at an old family club where I grew up. Not a member anymore, but I grew up at the north end of Toronto. I think they're back to the levels they were when the, when the pandemic was over. You know, sorry, when the pandemic began and everything got shut down. But they're suburban, they're family, they've got, they've got skating, curling, a dozen tennis courts, a dozen squash courts. They've got cricket, they've got swimming, they've got lawn bowling, and they're packed. So I, I think that all of this is going to come back. There's going to be changes. I mean, I think one of the big changes that's already occurred uh, and long, long ago are the boutique group exercise classes. You know, the, the berries and the orange theories, they're, you know, that's a, that's a new model, but it's still the same old model. It's still group fitness. Yeah. It's still in a building and, uh, you know, it's the same thing. So you're, you're always got to be adjusting. You always got to be looking for different things, but the core remains another part of this, I suppose, in a big way, that's just taken the world by storm is pickleball. Same thing as part of the fitness world, but it's still part of what these clubs are. And if you've had you know, this cricket club thing has got a dozen or 14 tennis courts. They could take three of those out and put in half a dozen pickleball courts. So you've got to be aware of those adjustments, but the core entity of a facility to help you play a game, stay healthy and stay fit and socialize with people. I don't see it going away mm -hmm. at all. No. Hypothetically here, Clive, people feel comfortable returning and, and their professions return to in-person so that our memberships are restored here. What do you see as potential hurdles or potential roadblocks for you as a business moving forwards? Um, you know, Joey, it's really not much more than what I've just described you. It's having a, having a market. Um, you know, we're, we're a more expensive uh, uh, program, uh, but what we're dealing with a very, you know, the, the most well-to-do community in all of Canada within four or five blocks of our, of our clubs. Um, squash is coming back, is being played. Fitness is still coming back. I think the one thing that has been slower to come back and I think it's going to be interesting to see what the next few years hold is the whole group exercise side of our business. And what I mean by that is that I think a lot of, of the clubs, the big clubs that I would describe ourselves, although we're small by big club standards, you know, we're not lifetime at 150,000 square feet. We're just under a hundred for the three clubs, but I think the berries and the orange theories of the world have, taken away some of that group exercise business. And it'll be interesting to see in the next two or three years whether the these clubs are able to have the same level of group exercise that they had 
prior to the the development of the orange theories and the berries. Right. And I think that, um, but no matter what, those are going to be facilities that will be able to be used for other things. And it's just about staying on top of it and adjusting and, uh, you know, constant improvement. If you're not constantly improving, forget it. Yep. It's a, it's an ever evolving market and industry. Like you said, you can dress it up differently. The service at its core is the same. And I think it's, it's the experience and the quality where our industry certainly differentiates. Clive, that's a great place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. I I can't thank you enough for being willing to contribute here and and exploring both sides of what's gone well for us and, and what are the challenges that we're looking to overcome moving forward. It'll be interesting to see how this shapes up for not just you, but for the industry into the future. And so we'll have to stay in touch. But for today, I, I thank you for your time and I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Many thanks, Joe. All the best to you as well. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk your business model within us, Click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.